You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Good morning or good afternoon. You are here live with Dr. Jeff Weber, your host for the next 30 minutes here on Pet Life Radio's live call-in show, Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. And uh, we're here for you. We're here to answer your questions. We're here to talk about anything you want to talk about. And since you don't always give me a good subject to talk about, I create my own. So uh, I have a list of things I'd like to uh, chat about. To get a hold of us, it's very easy. Uh, just give us a call. Toll free 877-385-8882. Once again, 877-385-8882. And an even better way is to join us live here on Pet Life Radio. Just click on PetLifeRadio.com. Scroll down to the Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff tab. And you can follow down and join us on Google Hangouts. Our producer, Mark Winter, left a link there for you. And you can be here live with us. If you, I'm sure you have your phone, you have your computer, you, can, you have a little camera. So we can see you. We can see your pets. So um, that's a, a great way to communicate and, uh, and share information. And also, I'd like to thank our sponsors for allowing us to be here. We have Bravecto. That's 12-week flea intervention and one really tasty, chewable treat. Also, KVP Kong Veterinary Products. And they're more than a cone events, raising awareness of animal welfare through the arts. And, of course, Save This Life Microchip. Uh, it's really it's the, it's the coolest microchip where it's, it's just a microchip but it turns the microchip and your phones and save this life into a GPS. It could act in a way with a little help as a location finder, but there's no batteries, nothing to uh, to recharge, and it's very safe because it's just a microchip. Anyway, as uh, often, I like to uh, peruse through the news. Saw a couple of cute stories, one leading us into a subject that I wanted to talk about today, and that is springtime because it's, it's upon us. We're here. And uh, with that comes barbecues and 4th of July around the corner. So we have a couple of things to uh, chat about as far as those topics. But first, in Wisconsin, veterinarians saved a dog. This is really, really sad story when you think about it. It's, the, the outcome was great. But they think it was maybe a neighbor's, but they were putting out hot dogs for the dogs to eat laced with nails. And one of the dogs got a hold of the hot dog, ate, I don't know, a, a large number of nails and had to go through surgery to remove the nails from this dog's stomach and intestinal tract. Fortunately, dog is doing great. The nails did not puncture anything, but that's, that's pretty rotten when you think about it. Clearly not a dog lover. And, uh, but to do that to any animal, any living being, that's a sad story in a sad state of affairs when it comes to thinking about our fellow man. It worries me a lot, actually. Next story. This is really cool. In, uh, at Zoo Miami, they did not they go to a, a friend of colleague of mine, Dr. Jan Bellows out of Colorado, did a root canal on Kwame, a nine-year-old lion who had stopped eating. Turns out had an infected tooth. And so the zoo veterinary team assisted Dr. Jan Bellows. Dr. Jan Bellows is a veterinarian and a certified veterinary dentist. So he is a diplomat at the American College of Veterinary Dentistry. And um, so he brought his obviously very large equipment and the file, and they went up there and they did the root canal. And also while they were at it, the, the zoo veterinarians took off a, a little mask from around Kwame's mouth. They trimmed his toenails. But that's really fun. Can you can you imagine you go to vet school, right, and you become a vet dentist. You think you're going to be doing all this foofy stuff on, on dogs and cats and horses. Well, to get to, to work on a lion, that's really cool. 
And then another really cute story, Nanook, a 29-year-old polar bear at the Columbus Zoo and Aquarium had to be put to sleep because of liver cancer. But just to put that into perspective, yes, it's sad when you have a 29-year-old polar bear, the average life expectancy is 20. So median expectancy. So you're, you're looking over almost a decade longer than one would expect a polar bear to live. So when you think of it that way, yeah, it's sad, but, but that's pretty full life. That's pretty good. And he also sired, I think, five baby polar bears. So that's really cool. This is also a great story that, you know, as we know, that whales, like dolphins, can communicate with sonar, with sound waves. And apparently, sound waves emitted by a humpback can travel like 20 miles. Well, researchers in Denmark were doing a study on a, on a colony of whales, and it turns out that baby whales purposely whisper when they want to communicate with mom. And they think it's an evolutionary type behavior, so they, they won't signal their whereabouts to a predator if their normal sounds could travel up to 20 miles. So they actually learn to soften those sounds and just to communicate with mom when mom is nearby. So uh, that's, that's pretty good. I like that one. And also springtime, which leads us into what we want to talk about today. Though it's a different, a different twist, but what happens during spring, especially in the Carolinas and in the Southeast and in, in Louisiana and Florida, alligators start mating. And in order to accomplish this amorous behavior, they will literally be walking over. You can, you can see an alligator crossing the highway. So just the, if you live in that part of the country, beware because you could be in your backyard and you could see an alligator. So they are looking for mates and uh, they are out and about. And as you know, they are very dangerous. So um, anyway, they're not meant to be played with. Oh, you cute little alligator. Come here and say hi. Uh, not a good idea. So uh, anyway, the FYI. But what it does ring my bell is that it is springtime. And here we are talking about springtime and, and a couple of things that, that we like to do as we are approaching summer. We fire up that barbecue, start barbecuing. And I always worry about our pets because you, like I, like everybody else, that when you see that great pet of yours, that dog of yours, sort of with his head on your lap, salivating, drooling because you're eating that hot dog or hamburger or that steak and you so feel badly, you want to give him something. And not such a really good idea because when you think about it, first of all, a lot of that meat is very fatty. In fact, as anyone who does a lot of barbecuing knows, if you like, for example, if you buy ground beef, you like to get lean ground beef. But for barbecues, you actually want the beef that's not as lean. Like if it's 90% lean, you might look for an 80% because you want a little fat because that's great for the barbecue taste. So, so already you're you know, behind the eight ball when it comes to the heavier fat in the meats. Then also we have the bones. So yeah, barbecue chicken is great, but not so much the barbecue chicken bones for your pet. As we know, poultry bones are very unsafe for our dogs because they can easily crack through them, leaving sharp edges, splinter, plus they're accessing the bone marrow. Marrow itself has a high fat content, so it's really not safe. And even, even those big knuckle bones, those steak bones, even if they don't crack them in half, they kind of chisel away at them, and then you have sharp edges. And you know those big knuckle bones, those big round knuckle bones? You know how many times I've seen dogs presented where they've somehow, somehow managed to slip that knuckle bone on the lower part of their jaw at the mandible, and it's, it sort of makes its way somehow over the two canine teeth, and then you can't get it off. And well, owners can't get it off, and now they're so freaked out, and the dogs are you know pawing, and you try to get them to sit still, and we've gotten them off. But sometimes we have to use a striker saw to cut them off, which is a, it's a cast saw, 
so it doesn't cut, but it vibrates so quickly it erodes right to the bone. Or we have to anesthetize him just to be able to get the slip the bone properly off of the jaw. I mean, that's dangerous. Now let's talk some other things. What are you doing with your onions? You're slicing your onions and you're going to put them on the barbecue, right? Well, guess what? Raw onions, raw garlic are toxic to dogs. A lot of the foods, avocado, you're making a little guacamole, right? Because you're going to have little chips and guacamole while you're waiting for the meat to get done. I'm making you hungry, aren't I? Well, anyway, that too. Avocado is too fatty. So all these, these fats, the fats from the fat of the meat, the fats from the avocado, things like this, nuts, nuts. You're sitting there with the, the nuts hanging out there. These are all fatty foods, and fatty foods can lead to pancreatitis in our dogs. Oh, here's a good one. Corn on the cob. Who, like, come on, you've got the barbecue going, and everybody's got the corn on the cob. Well, what we're going to do is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold you thinking as we break, we're going to thinking corn on the cob, and we're going to talk about the dangers of the corn on the cob. So don't go away. You're here live with Dr. Jeff Forber here at Life Radio. It's Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. Once again, if you want to call me and talk about this, do the break right after the break, 877-385-8882, or go online and join us on Google Hangouts. Don't go away. We'll be right back. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. As a dog, I know a lot about fleas and ticks, so trust me when I say no other tasty chew protects dogs as long as Brevecto. One Brevecto chew keeps fleas and ticks away for up to 12 weeks. Be a good human and ask your vet about Brevecto. Brevecto may cause vomiting. Not pumped about cleaning the litter box? Try World's Best Cat Litter Zero Mess, the litter that gives you two times better clumping and more odor control with less litter. That's right. You scoop once and you're done. No chiseling, no scraping, no crumbling, no problem. Looking for fast and easy litter box cleanup? Zero Mess. Try it. You're welcome in advance. Save $2 on World's Best Cat Litter. Visit www.saveonworldsbest.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. And welcome back. You're here live with Dr. Jeff Werber here on Tell Life Radio's Aspect with Dr. Jeff. And uh, just before the break, we were talking about barbecue. And trust me, they're fun. And we do not, not want you to barbecue. It's a great time. It's fun. And now's the time to do it. But what about our pets? So we were talking about the foods, the fatty foods, the nuts, the avocados, the bones, and corn on the cob. Well, here's what happens with corn. We eat the corn off the cob and we toss it. Dogs like corn. They get into the garbage and they don't chew on. They don't break down. They don't break it apart. They will literally swallow, especially if you get those cods, like many of us do, and you take the corn and you cut it in half or th- into thirds. So you have like sort of more like little bite side pieces. Well, when you think about the diameter of a cob without the corn on it, it is perfect size. It goes right down the esophagus into the stomach. And then from the stomach, it leaves the stomach and starts coursing through the intestine. At first, okay. But then what happens is at certain points, the intestine gets very narrow and that cob comes to a dead stop. Then the peristaltic waves of the intestine are trying to propel that cob in the direction to go through into finally into the large bowel and into the colon and out. Well, guess what? It can't. If it can't get through the ileocecal junction, it twists and turns and it's very challenging. And you end up with a major obstruction. 
And then because the intestine has been clamped on that cob, trying to move it forward, the cuts off the blood supply to the intestine. So not it's not just having to open up and get the cob out. It's usually having to do what's called an anastomosis, a resection and anastomosis where some of the intestine that is now has lost its blood supply has to be removed. So because of a corn cob, for whatever price that was, you're going to send thousands of dollars. So be aware that this is a huge problem in dogs. We do, we're, we're doing, no matter how many times the warnings go out, inevitably we are doing surgery during spring and summer on dogs, usually large breeds that have eaten that corn cob whole. So I'm letting you know when you throw them out, make sure you put in a bag out of dog's way and you toss it into the garbage properly and do not leave it in the kitchen. Do not leave it out. Don't leave it on a plate. Tell your neighbors, your friends that are over for the barbecue that they also have to be very, very, very careful when it comes to corn cobs. And lastly, of course, at the end of the meal, there's going to be some desserts. Some desserts are fine, but if you're, you know, you're munching on raisins or grapes, grapes, as we know, are not fine. So again, we have to be very, very careful. Exercise extreme caution when it comes to our pets uh, during barbecue season. And then last thing, we might have a little time to touch on it. So I'm giving you all these, these bad things about the barbecue, and I don't want you to think, what do we do about the dogs then? Bye, what a drag for them. They're sitting there with you. They're hungry. They want something to eat. They can't have the bones. They can't have the chicken. They can't. What can they have? Ah, I found a great solution. And, uh, you know, as you know, in fact, I, I read a byline that because of all the bad press regarding rawhide, that 40% of pet owners, pet parents, probably just like yourself, are no longer giving your dogs rawhide. And for good reason, for good reason. Just like with the, the corn cobs, I have had many a time over the years that we've actually had rawhide causing obstructions, causing problems. They're not digestible, and dogs would eat them whole. They would choke all these bad things about rawhide. So I did find a solution that I really, really, really like called smart bones. And basically what smart bones are, if you were looking for them in a store, it was it's going to look just like a rawhide. They're shaped in the sticks. They have a dental one. They have the ones with the big knots on the side. They have smaller size, et cetera. But here's the good thing about smart bones, which is why they're called smart bones. They're not rawhide. They are actually made with chicken and vegetables, and they are highly digestible, meaning this is the good part, that your dog, if, even if you mismatch the appropriate size with your pet, that, so they eat it whole. Let's say they eat, oh, swallow that sucker whole, that it will still be digested in the stomach. So it is, again, chicken vegetables. They chew on it. They have to eat it. If they swallow a big piece, who cares? Because it's going to get digested. Highly digestible, extremely safe, and dogs really, really like them. So for all those dogs that used to sit on it, used to buy that big, big whopping rawhide bone with the two knots on each end, now you have a safe, healthy alternative. So now while you are enjoying the barbecue and they're looking at the, up at that barbecue and they are just drooling, drooling over that steak bone or that chicken bone, guess what? Now you can give them their own bone and give them a smart bone and you don't have to worry about a thing. So that's my recommendation. Take it for what it's worth, but it's there. So uh, anyway, so now we've gone through that. One last thing as we're, of course, running out of time. We'll probably have to talk about this again. But 4th of July is coming up, and I'm going to share something with you, the best solution, and then maybe next week we'll talk about some of the alternatives to the best solution because you're running out of time for this one. And when you have a dog that freaks out 4th of July, the first mistake we make is we coddle them. 
When we see them shivering and shaking, what do we do? We call them over. Oh, you poor baby, you poor baby. Well, guess what? When you do that, you are reinforcing this behavior. They're saying, oh my God, this is so fantastic. I am sitting here shivering and shaking because I'm really scared. I'm not scared, but I learned from two years ago and the year before that and the year before that, that if I do this, oh my God, they're going to call me over. They're going to pet me. This is great. So we need to sort of reevaluate how we handle our pets. So the best thing to do really when these dogs and many, many dating dogs have what we call noise phobias or noise aversions. And we, yes, there are some solutions, pharmacologic and other. We're going to talk about this next week, but let's give you one to start. What I want you to do is I want you to download via sound effects. You can find them online. Yeah, I mean, they have sound effects for construction. They have sound effects for thunder lightning. They have sound effects for fire, fireworks, worth of July. And I want you to be sitting in a room with your dog and have the computer going at the lowest volume that you can imagine. You probably won't hear it. You'll see the volume thing turn up a little bit, but you still don't hear it. And I want you to play those tapes, the sound effects sound, the fireworks sounds. And then um, with probably a non-response from your dog, call your dog over, pat him on the head. Good boy. That's a good boy. And you give him a, a treat, a reward. Then do that for a couple of days at that volume. And then on the next training session, it might be later on that week, it might be the next day, whatever you want. Now, every time you have a training session and you want them, you don't want them like necessarily back to back to back to back. So, you know, wait, maybe wait a couple of days in between the next training session. Now you have the volume turned up a little bit more. And again, hopefully at that volume, it, it's not going to cause a problem. Maybe you're going to get to a point where the first response you're going to get are the ears are going to perk up. But with no response, no shivering, no shaking, and not coming to you for love, for because of fear, not running under the coffee table to, or the chair to hide, right? You call them over to you, and you give them, say, you give them oh, a good pat on the head, you know, rubs on the cheeks, give them a little smooch, and give them a treat. So what you're doing now is you are gradually increasing the volume, but his reaction now with that volume as it's increased with those sounds is not fear. If anything, he's going to come to you for the pat on the head, and the treat, the reward. So now we are sort of completely changing. We are desensitizing him to those sounds. And we are actually what's called counter conditioning him. So instead of being afraid of those sounds, we're going to actually have him look forward to those sounds. Why? Because now the reward is going to come because he is getting rewarded for non-response. He's getting rewarded for just hearing the sounds. And ultimately, as any trainer, and this is, you know, this you can go back and forth with a zillion different trainers. I, as you know, we've talked about this. When it comes to early on in the training process, I am a big fan of food reward, especially if the dog is food motivated. Now, however, that's why I say whenever you do any kind of treat in a dog, you are going to accompany that with either the clicker or the patting on the head and good boy, good boy. And then what happens is as you proceed through your training, you start decreasing the treats. To the point where the no treats just the clicker or the good boy, good boy, we call this operant conditioning, it's going to have the same effect, satisfy the same effect in the dog as was the treat. Because the association is now going to be there that in their mind, they just got a treat. And all they got was good boy, good boy, or the click or, or from the clicker training. But I think early on to get them to want to come to you, let's face it, dogs initially, until they make that association, they don't always come to you because you call them. But you want to get them to come to you, especially a dog is treat motivated. You have that treat in your hand. Trust me, they're going to come. And there's a study we could talk about uh, another time. We're, we're kind of getting short on time. But, you know, they, they uh, you know, way back, these the, the behaviors, they were studying rats. And they were in this like their uh, enclosure. And there was a lever. And when they hit the lever, there were three different enclosures. In one group, they hit the lever, nothing ever happened. 
In another group, they hit the lever and it started, it delivered a treat every time they hit the lever. In the third enclosure, the treat delivery was random. So in the first enclosure, yes, they would hit the lever randomly. Nothing ever happened and they just stopped hitting the lever. In the second enclosure, of course, they hit the lever initially, but what happened when they got full? I said, to heck with this. I'm not hitting the lever anymore. I'm stuffed. I can't eat another thing. So they would stop performing. But in the group that the delivery, the treat delivery was totally randomized, they would do it all day long. So it just shows you that when, even if you're going to give treats, don't necessarily give it all the time. You always want to do good boy, good boy, good girl, good girl, and, you know, smooch and rub the ears and all the things that they like, but don't always give the treat. And then ultimately you can minimize and then just throw a treat in every 15th time, you know, that kind of thing, just to remind them, but the best behavior you're going to get. But at the beginning, I'm a fan of just to get them used to the process of coming to you, you're going to have to give a treat. Anyway, that's all we have time for today here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Dr. Jeff. I'm your host, Dr. Jeff Werber. I want to once again thank our sponsors, Provecto, More Than a Cone, uh, which is Kong, Veterinary Products, and of course, Aphosite Microchip. Um, go out there, look for smartphones. I think you're going to be very impressed. And um, next week, hopefully, we will um, be talking about some other long-term uh, solutions to noise aversions, especially if because the, the, when you do the desensitization, counterconditioning, that could take maybe even longer than we have. All we have is May and June we have two months, eight weeks. Sometimes it takes longer than that. So I'll give you some other solutions that are great. Uh, in the meantime, have a wonderful week. Um, give those uh, dogs and cats a good uh, pet, big kiss, hug and a kiss, a smooch. And um, have a great week, everybody. See you next week. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs>